Welcome to Facts, Friends, and That Layer of Fat Over Your Stomach. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a very serious show where we talk about things we like a lot. Which we say on the episode that I think might be the funniest episode of Riverdale. <laughs> really, uh... Not, not these five episodes of Riverdale. This feels like a legit parody to the point that it almost hit what we've been talking about this entire time, where it's like... You gotta go further. At certain points, I'm like, no, see, now you're getting it. Yeah, now you're going further. This felt like a really good fan fiction. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think is what Alternative World episodes are supposed to be. Really good fan fictions. They call them AU. For a reason. (laughs) Well, they call it because it's Alternate Universe. I think they call them AU on... uh, Fanfiction.net. Yeah, or Or is it AO3? AO3, an archive of our own. own. Yeah, there we go. this episode, as we sort of, I think, mentioned last time, I can't remember if we talked about it after or on, uh, uh, this one's all about the devil. We get it devil. Sure is. We get devil time. And I, okay, I don't know why I thought this. I thought, like, oh, Riverdale's going to do a subtle devil thing. Like, <laughs> ooh, devil walking around town. It's not subtle. No, he introduces himself <laughs> to everyone he meets. Hello, good sir. I am Lucifer. And everyone's like, oh, the devil. No, he's just the devil. He's just the devil. M- most people believe he's the devil, and the I think the one person doesn't quickly does, and then the other person who doesn't has a reason not to believe the the, the devil because he thinks there's someone else. Exactly. Um. Yeah. This is probably one of the better ones of the three that we watch just maybe out of concept is what I'm giving that. I do feel like this one commits to its concept much more firmly. Yeah. Um. Conversely, this one probably is <laughs> still one of the more egregious, like, okay. I think they're doing kind of a vignette type thing. Yes, it feels like American Horror Story, if American Horror Story only had one episode per season. Well, it you know, feels like later American Horror Story where they actually was like... Bring back the same them. people, yeah. Um, act, you know what actually it is? Do you want to figure out what it is? Hmm. Th- let me know if this hits you right. This is a situational drama. Oh. Like, this has This all, is The this, Simpsons, this, but... <laughs> yeah, this is all the makings of a sitcom. Well, I think more like Friends or... Um, Even uh, early happy The Office. En- I watch the happy endings because it's the why I think... Well, because they have like this sort of like... There is a through line of stuff, but mostly it's putting people in situations and how the characters will react to it. It it has a very similar thing to like Brooklyn Nine Nine, where it's like, well, we know these characters, but it's not funny, and it's <laughs> not as good or diverse or representational as Brooklyn Nine Nine. And then, <laughs> and then also the characters will act, like the. The problem, I guess, is like, so it's it, it does seem very vignette, but when you think about it, it's also serialized because it's what it wants to be. There yeah. is a through line. It doesn't work. Because there's no way that these people <laughs> can get from one episode to the next. Yes. There are some egregious differences in this episode compared to the other ones. Yeah. They're, also, they're not doing great. <laughs> also, you know how we've been joking about how Kevin caught, or sorry, Casey caught as Kevin Keller? Yeah often delivers lines where he says, I don't know, because Casey Cott genuinely does not know what he's supposed to be doing as his character. I caught a look in Casey Cott's eye that says, what am I doing? No one, and it's <laughs> it's not his fault. He's a good actor. I'm, I'm, here's like, I'm not, I, and I'm willing to be honest, I'm not great at noticing when I think something is a failure of direction or a failure of actors, because um, I'm not a director, I'm I'm a writer, I don't like directing. This is one of the few times where I feel like a lot of this was a failure of direction. Well, and like, from what I understand, how TV shows are made is you don't, sometimes you get the whole episode script, yeah. but sometimes you don't. Like, sometimes you just get the bit that's like being filmed that day. Yeah. And there are genuinely scenes in this episode where I think the actors do not know what is going to happen later in the episode. And so they cannot play subtext or intentions. But that's why you need uh, you need someone, you need a director or a showrunner, someone who does know the grand plan to talk an actor through those things. So that they can give a good performance because Casey Cott and, to be fair, Charles Milton are both better actors than this episode lets them be. (laughs) 
Well, let's figure out what this episode lets them be. Because this is Riverdale, Season 6, Episode 3, Mr. Cypher. Mr. Cypher. So this episode is about the Devil's Holiday, a folklore. Yes, Jughead talks about this tale of where a devil will visit a small town to collect souls and sow seeds of destruction. And in this version of the story, Jughead imagines it takes place in a town called Rivervale. In this one, he is literally the writer. He says, I am writing a story that t- with this concept that takes place in Rivervale, which makes me go, well, then what were the other two? Were they also stories you wrote? And what Jughead is doing these monologues? Is this Riverdale <laughs> Jughead talking about Rivervale? <laughs> Why? Well, we should not be thinking about the narrator this much. He's supposed to introduce the story and get out of the way. Uh, but, but they write his lines in such a way that you can't not fall into them head first. Yeah, because in the first one, he was introducing you to... To a town that's not a town that you recognize. In the second one, he's like, hey, let's talk about motherhood. In this one, he's literally writing a story about the devil, but it also takes place in the same town as his other two stories. So is he writing all the stories? I don't know. Let's head to Pop Tates, because Pops is back. Pops is back, and he's being Pops. There is a poor man named Jim, who we will learn, might he might be unhoused. We don't know what his deal yes. is, but he's down on his luck. And so Pops gives him some free takeout, and Tabitha goes, wow, you have the biggest heart I know. (laughs) And that heart is too big. Just like the Grinch, his heart grew too much. Yep, and he's going to have a heart attack. But it's going to be caused by, well, here's the first introduction to where I learned, oh, they're not doing subtlety. Because a man is standing outside Pop Tate's. And he's he's he he is very foreboding, and we're like, ooh, spooky. And then he opens his mouth. And then he goes, "Devil face." <laughs> and I'm like, we we uh, got it, show. We, we understand that he's the devil, but anyway, this causes pops to have a heart attack because his heart is too big. Oh no! Oh no! Speaking of someone whose heart is too big, Reggie is sitting up at night. He is. Veronica tells him what he's feeling, which is nervous about the casino opening. About the casino opening. Can I can I just say the problem that we are getting here, because I don't realize that I mean they're not vignettes, but they are vignettes, they're not is is that I'm like, oh, is he still wondering about the whole fact that the last episode ended with him still seeing the ghost of that woman in the backseat of his car? Is he mourning the death death of his father who he was just building a relationship with? No, nobody mourns anything here because he is he says, I guess I am nervous with the casino opening, and, though clearly he's hiding something. And then Vero- they distract us from this by having Veronica give the dumbest line. Okay, Veronica has a lot of dumb lines at all times, but yes. this time she says, this casino is going to be the biggest thing to this town since maple syrup. Well, this town has a very skewed concept of what things are. And was palladium a bigger thing to this town than maple syrup? No. It was. Until they remembered, oh no, it's do maple syrup. Um, speaking of people who, I guess, aren't feeling things anymore, Betty, who, let's just t- track the history of Betty over these past three months, maybe? Mm-hmm. Um, Betty murders her boyfriend. Yep, to get a baby. That baby is stolen by a ghost. And now Betty appears to live in her mother's house. And just is just doing yeah, stuff. She was doing a little jogging or something. She <laughs> jogs over to the phone in her mother's house, the wall phone in Alice <laughs> Cooper's house, even though Betty I thought no, she... lived in the Andrews house. Oh, you're right. Huh. I thought I saw some episodes of her, or some scenes of her in, who's living, no one's living in the Andrews house. Betty had to move out. <laughs> I, I can't No, live. Frank lives there. Oh, right. So Th- does Betty... Alice live in the so, house with Frank? Maybe. Or did Betty decide it was too awkward to live in the house with Frank, and she was like, I gotta move home with my mom. <laughs> I know you're dating my mom, maybe. Okay, one thing I want to quickly, I'll bring it up now. But it really seems like that whole sacrifice Archie so that our desires will be met. Nobody met their desires. No one met their desires. And also, they desired the wrong things. There would be no problems in this episode if Veronica's desire was to be successful at business. Mm -hmm. If Betty's desire was to uh, not Uh, have her darkness. (laughs) I guess, yeah. 
if Alice's desire was to wipe the darkness out of Riverdale. Yeah, it, like, uh, I don't know. that the, They did the first episode too soon. Like, it was too big of a thing. It was just to get, I guess, Archie out of the way. Yeah, because KJF had to go on paternity leave. I guess, but it has ruined everything else because they did the big sacrifice so our town will prosper. And then nothing happened. Like, what? I guess... All I, that sap. I guess All she, that sap came, Kevin. I guess Cheryl's saying that their their trees are fine, but like, how do we not know that that just didn't just happen because the um, trees were going to go? Kevin, I can explain all of this to you. Cheryl lied to them <laughs> to get, and no one questions it. That like, I mean, Betty did get a baby. She That's did true. get a baby, but she also did have sex with Archie that night. And then the baby was gone. Yeah, La La Rona, and now she doesn't have a second chance. What if it was a hysterical pregnancy? Which is a great thing to say, but... But what if it was? I mean, she never... No, she says that she took a test. Oh, yeah, but no, who cares? Anyway, with Betty's plot for this episode will be that uh, Glenn calls... Because he caught the TBK, and he's transporting him to Riverdale, because apparently serial killers just love Betty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... There's no way he would get signed off from the FBI to do this. No, he wouldn't. Um, so Reggie and Veronica, because they are going to be our main storyline this episode. Yes. Um, uh, they're, the casino's opening, and they're listening to the news. And Alice Cooper, in a classic Alice Cooper move, uses her position as head anchor to just talk about her own emotions. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine watching. I guess it's... <laughs> I know local news is usually better than like national news because yeah. you can be focused on things. But like, I can't imagine watching this and being like, that is a common impartial <laughs> journalist. She's not presenting her own bias at all. She also is getting very religious. She's mm. like hell and brimstone. Well, she was fairly religious in the first season. Yeah. So I guess we're just regressing on over here. Yeah. 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 Everyone's regressing. Um, the. Um, this does bring Veronica over to see Alice. Yes. So just so y'all know, they are naming their casino the Babylonian. Like the tower. You know, Sorry. why not? Why like, not? And um, yes, it will damn and doom the town. So mm. Veronica meets with Alice and she's like, this is a real casino. And Alice is like, no, casinos bring gamblers, which brings harlots, which brings whoremongers. And I'm like, y'all <sighs> let Penelope Blossom wander around town. As far as we know, she still lives there. You, <laughs> Y'all, I mean, I'm going to give them this this pass on the whole Archie thing because she probably believed that that this brings good things. Like, that is how it works. You're like, oh, we do this yeah. and then we get good things in our town. Um, I want to point out that this feels like then there was completely different. So right before Rivervale, in that whole scene where like Veronica approaches the the Council of Four, it's like I want to do a casino. In this world, it sounds like she was like, I want to do a casino, and they're like, No, and she's like, I'm gonna do it anyway because I, I guess... can open a business. Yeah, but they do own the land. It's yeah. an incorporated town again. It is an incorporated town, but she might own can, land. Like, I bet Hiram just owned land. I mean, we know. he did sign everything over to her. No, Aaron, he didn't, because remember, he gave it all up. The entire point of his whole thing. Yeah, Unless he you, gave you, it you, all up to her. No, no. No, remember, she, remember he was he owned pretty much everything in the town, then he became mayor, and then he sold it, then he incorporated the town, and he only owned Sodale. I guess our casino could be at Sodale. And Sodale, we know, is just across the river from North <laughs> Riverdale. It's so close. So, you know what? She's opening it in Sodale. So, and they're going to run it like a corporation. A real business. A proper business. However, Meanwhile, this proper business <laughs> is cut, cross-cut. Everything that she says they're going to do, yeah. Reggie says to the staff, we're not going to do that. <laughs> they're going to scam people out of their money by fixing the games, giving people lots of drinks, and and skimming money to bribe officials to look the other way. He called an all-heads meeting to tell them about all the illegal things they're doing. That's not how you run a business. It's not a great idea. Well, I mean, that's not how you run a crime business. Yeah, you got to keep your secrets. Yeah. The more people who know, the more people will know. No, yeah, he tells, like, the minimum wage servers. <laughs> Well, yep. I, I have to assume in that case you're not paying the minimum wage anymore. No, now you got to pay them hush money. Come on, Reggie and Veronica. <laughs> now I have a question. Yeah. Why? 
why do they have to do it like this? Like, just there, the odds in casino games are, evil. Yeah, well, the, are high enough to give them the, first thing the money they need. The first thing that Reggie says is he's like, we're going to make sure it all skews toward the house. And I'm like, so a casino. Yeah, that's how casinos work. Then he goes on to say, like, the, the slots are magnetized. And, and they're going like, to load the dice. So, like. They're going to count cards. Like, the dealers count the, cards. I, I think it's supposed to be that, like, Veronica and Reggie are just greedy and bad people. But these are our heroes. This is... Here, no, here's what I'll say. I will say when I'll give them this. Veronica, this episode, I don't think we're supposed to be totally like, oh my god, she's always doing the right thing, good for her. I do think it does, because of Jughead's final monologue, mm-hmm. I do think it does end with a, like, 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 like yeah, she's, she's a bad person making her way, and, like, eventually her time will come up, but it's not now. It's just a weird thing to do, because <laughs> this world is not different enough it, from Riverdale. Also, the fact that their casino is crooked does little to actually impact, I think, their characters or the plot. It's true. It's just a fact. Yeah, it just it just is a thing about them. But, like, it feels like that is an, that's an introduction of a character element that we don't need in season six of a TV show. <laughs> also, like, I think they're going to make their casino crooked in Riverdale, too. Well, because... the, the casino in Riverdale is a secret casino behind Pearls and Posh. That's true. So, like, it's not this. This is something different. Um. Anyway. Uh, the, the Pops is in the hospital and the devil uh, appears to him. Tabitha. And once again... It's not subtle. There's a flickering of lights, and he appears there, and he talks to her in, like, this super deep, modulated voice. And then he does the devil face again. Yep. Um, His name is Mr. Cypher. Kevin, I gotta (laughs) tell you something. So I watched this, and somewhere, like, like the one-third of the way into the episode, I had to go to the bathroom. So I went to the bathroom, and while I was at the bathroom, I was like, oh... Lucifer, uh. Lucifer. Oh, it took too long. It oh took no, too long. it did take way too long. <laughs> His name is Mister Cipher. You can call him Lou. Um, boy, that's gonna get embarrassing for you later. <laughs> it sure is. So we learned that apparently Pop's dad sold his soul to ensure the success of the diner. You know, and the diner is mildly successful. Let me tell you. <laughs> That great-grandfather made a bad deal because Pops is consistently in the red. What I want to say, what I want to give this is that I think this episode, other than, like, the weird fact that the devil's, like, super just, like, I'm the devil, which I don't mind, actually, in, in maybe in the grand scheme of things, um, the devil's real good. Like, he is real if if you accept that everything he does is on like on purpose and part of his plan mm-hmm. he's really clever oh, and really he, good at what he does he people are never specific enough and he oh, milks them for all it, their words it helps, at all times. It, it helps he's in a town of idiots it's true <laughs> <laughs> which maybe makes him seem that seem like that much more but like we learn that he essentially he has one specific rule and i i do like devil story sometimes if they do very good job of like the devil has rules the devil's rule is now (laughs) this is a little bit shaky you have to sign the contract with his pen here's the thing you don't have to know it's a contract no you You can literally sign anything with his pen i think it is the it is the contract yeah but it doesn't have to look like the contract (laughs) well i think just every contract looks like that in town it's true (laughs) they look like old creepy parchment and nobody nobody reads what they sign in this town no they do not it is an ongoing plot point the devil came in and was like this place is bank whoa oh my god i got a, okay. i mean oh my me oh my lou oh my lou <laughs> anyway so pops dad's soul sold in show six of the diner then pops offered his soul for his father's now what lou wants is he actually just wants the diner yeah, he does not actually want pop tate's soul he doesn't want tabitha's soul either she's like do you want me to set do my soul he's like, no, like, no, no y'all souls are too good i don't want that goodness you think he would he seems, you would think so. You, you think that the, the thing that he wants is he wants to have a good soul that has been corrupted to eat. He should be corrupting good people, not taking the low-hanging fruits. Yeah, he wants the more evil. Anyway. anyway. Um, so Jughead is busy on writing at home, and his typewriter appears to be fine. He's just tape But we will on see it. later it's taped. Yeah. So the episodes do kind of connect, has, although there's no way you could tape that back together. It has character. 
Anyway, uh, Tabitha talks to Jughead and is like, hey, the devil showed up. And Jughead's like, can I talk to the devil? I'd like to interview him, please. And Tabitha, don't let him do that. Don't let anyone talk to the devil. But she gives him the devil's <laughs> business card. She, Her response is, I don't care. <laughs> Come on, Tabitha. I thought you loved Jughead. All right. So we got to get a quick scene with, I think, okay, here's what bugs me. This entire episode, I think we get two temptations. One real good temptation and one low-hanging fruit temptation. It's and this true. is the low-hanging fruit temptation. So for some unknown, ungodly reason, <laughs> Kevin Keller is at the opening of the casino. The soft opening And of the he casino. is so there that, like, Reggie and Veronica and Kevin stand on a staircase and are like, let it begin! He's... He's... The headlining performance of the soft opening? He is indeed. Um, I we, think he's always the headlining performance. Because Josie left town. Maybe. Um, we do get a quick shot of Alice's um, there to sniff out evil. She was invited by Veronica. Yeah. But anyway, Lou uh, goes up to Kevin. And, and pretends to recognize him from a performance in New York a few years ago. And he's like, why don't you have an agent? No, no. He says, you should be performing in New York or Vegas. And Kevin goes, fat chance. I don't even have an agent. And then Lou's like, well, maybe everything could work out your way. And of course, Kevin would be interested. He is the most manipulable person in the world. It's actually funny when he actually gets him, the speed at which he agrees surprises the devil. (laughs) It's true. He's like... Like, oh, you do this, and I'm like, no, 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 don't worry, I'll just, I'll just do it. Don't worry about it. Is this it. a cult? Is this a cult? <laughs> you know, here's the thing. You know why you don't have an agent, Kevin? Because you moved away from New York City, and you've been a teacher. <laughs> also, you're 25, good sir. I, <laughs> it's not like you're washed up. I'm oh, sorry, these showbiz storylines infuriate me. Well, but once again, that is the point, is that this is the devil plying on someone's weakness. He could do all this stuff. The devil's not going to tell him he can do all this stuff. The devil's going to tell him, I am the only way you can do these things. I just want Kevin to be the, like, fully realized, intelligent individual the show, I think, thinks they're writing. Nah, he's a big old dummy. He's a big old um, dummy. We, we don't even know, I like to point out, we know why everybody had their own sacrifice Archie moment. We don't know why Kevin did it. I think he just wanted to be part of the group. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> He's like, oh, Cheryl's my friend again? Great. So there's sort of this weird se- sequence where, like, Kevin's singing on stage, and then we flash to a character named Finn, who is, is... played by Fangs, and Kevin thinks is Fangs. Yeah, because he's already Kevin's agent, and his boyfriend, <laughs> and has gotten him, like, a six-month run. Deal in Vegas. Something like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I thought it was a hallucination, but no, he is... This is just a... This is... The, the devil giving him a taste of what the, his life could be like. And Kevin is plied by it immediately. Yeah. It so fast. So fast. Where is the baby? Kevin, where is Anthony? With fangs. Oh, that's right. This is Finn. <laughs> with fangs. Aaron, this is not fangs. This is Finn. The devil gave Kevin a exact copy of <laughs> fangs. <laughs> and real things is just hanging at home with his baby. The problem is there's nothing of, I mean, it's not a problem, actually. It's actually, I think it might be a pretty in-depth look into Kevin's psyche. Nothing about Finn is substantially different from Fang's. Like, F- Kevin is just regretting the fact that he let Fang's go. It's true. So he just wants someone who is like Fang's. So Lou uh, has been winning over and over and over again because, once again, he is the devil. And Veronica deals with it um, in a way that... A business manager should not. She, Yeah, she doesn't even deal with it in the way that a casino owner would, which is send over the big guys to drag him out. She just goes up and, like, smarms at him. Yeah, she, like, you know when you see cartoons of, like, a little tiny dog, like, yapping at a pit bull? Yeah. She tiny dogs him. Yeah. As this episode goes on, he, I get more and more into him just being, like, oh, this is a town where I can just be the devil. Um, he's like, well, I'll be back on Saturday to collect my soul at midnight. Anyway, goodbye. And then Veronica's like, wait, what? And he's like, oh, yeah, I made an investment with Reggie. Talk to Reggie. Uh, goodbye. I want that kind of devil, actually. I want the devil who's like, I'm the devil. Ooh. This guy almost reaches that at certain, at certain points, but he's too, like, wearing a suit. Yeah. Crisp man. Anyway, so... 
she tells Reggie about Lou. Um, and as Reggie explains, in a line that I thought was a metaphor, he is the devil. He is the devil. <laughs> he, he, okay. He, he invested in the casino. So he, he <laughs> called Reggie out of nowhere and uh, gave him all the money they needed for the casino. I didn't realize the that was a problem. <laughs> no, I just didn't realize that, like, they didn't need to have money for I the casino. I don't think Veronica realized that either. I think Reggie was just like, more money. Um, was again, because we mentioned this, I don't think the actor knows what he's doing. It's hard to get the underlying subtext of what Reggie's going on, which means I have no idea what the truth is here, which maybe... No, it's not fine. Yeah, no, we need to know. <laughs> so... Because completely deadpan, like, no emotion ever, Reggie goes, well, I took it. But I took it because I knew that you could out with the devil if anyone could. So are you going to out with the devil? <laughs> I hate that she agrees. He goes, if anyone could out with the devil, it could be you. And Veronica goes, well, you're right. That is true. That is true. I can out with the devil. I am the smartest person in town. And that's what I dislike and makes the rest of this go. It's too much. <laughs> it's too much. Okay. The devil did not go down to Georgia. Um, God, I hate the storyline. This is the Betty... I don't care about the storyline. So Betty meets with the TPK and he mocks her a whole bunch. They let TPK keep his mask. Yeah. Well, she and she asks, um, "Can I see your real?" or or he says, "Don't you want to see my real face?" And she says, "This is real. Your real face. I'll see your human face soon enough." <laughs> anyway, so the boss wants a confession, but Betty wants to know if absolute evil exists. And I'm just like, Betty, you sacrificed. A man, so you could have his child. And, and then would... La Llorona stole it. And you don't care. I'm going to be honest, Betty. You are you are absolute evil. <laughs> well, Betty agrees, because she tries to scrub her evil away in the shower. Yeah. And then she calls Glenn. And um, asks him to take away TBK. And Glenn's like, we don't have TBK. What? <laughs> he's, he's still free. <laughs> None. <laughs> so, going back to what you said... No, the FBI would not do this. And it's insane that Betty thought they would. Betty's a bad FBI agent. This I mean, is known. I don't feel like she spent a lot of time as an agent in training. <laughs> um, So Pop wakes up in the hospital and he's like, oh, man, did the devil come? Oh, the devil came again, didn't and he? And Tabitha's like, yes, I'm giving him the diner. And Pop says, no, 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 no. Things are the, about to get weird. <laughs> the diner is a refuge for the lost and persecuted. It's the soul of Riverdale. Which the we devil ha- can't have it. Which we have honestly heard this before is in Riverdale. Oh, that's uh, just, right. The soul of River Vale. Yes. But it also, yeah. We it heard, is true. It is, it, like, we, we constantly, the diner is the most important thing. Veronica sells the white worms that are going to have the diner. There's a reason that that ghoulie tries to burn down pops. Yeah, like, it is very much. In this one, it'll become almost more literal that. So, um. And <laughs> I, you know. Can I just say. Yes. So they're like, it's the soul of Rivervale. If we get it, the town will be cast to hell. I'm like, you all sacrificed a pure-hearted man to give your town, to let your town thrive. I don't think your soul is pure anymore. Even you. Tab, who was involved in it. She sure was. Maybe Pops wasn't, but this, this still makes this feel like I don't care about the soul of your town. The first episode was about how the soul of your town is corrupt. And you know what? The story of the devil going to a town and trying to get the soul of the town and people not realizing it's yeah. a place, that's really cool and interesting. But it's ruined by the first episode. Yeah. Like, you did the first one too soon. <laughs> This town's already corrupt. So we can't dwell on this because Veronica has to call the devil to offer an old friend's soul to him in exchange for Reggie. It's much more appropriate for damnation, at which point I'm like, Nick St. Clair, Nick Nick St. Clair. Oh, Uh, so Jughead meets with the devil for an interview. And the devil, or sorry, go ahead. And this is what I'll say probably my favorite storyline this is really good it's, this is i could imagine this as a pretty sweet short story it's not it's not implemented perfectly um but like it's good temptation it's a really interesting concept uh Re- or uh jughead does try to out with the devil 
yeah, I mean, he, or he, yeah, he makes a deal that he thinks is in his favor. It's great. It's just great. Yeah. So he has an interview with the devil, but Lou, Cipher, mm-hmm. Cipher, mm-hmm. has terms. Uh, he gives him a choice. I will give you this interview, and you can publish it, and you'll receive all the fame and notoriety that you want, but you'll never be allowed to write again. We learn later, like, literally, he says it a typewriter. Yeah, and, and it just gibberish comes out. Yeah. Or we do this interview, I tell you everything, but you can never tell anyone about it, and you can write anything else. But you may not ever publish anything. Hard to say. Yeah. No, um, I, I think that's the devil just, like, tricking him. Well, yeah. I th- but we don't know. No, I, 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 think, I think it makes sense. Like, the idea is, like, okay, will you write forever in obscurity or will it take fame or fortune ever will write again? Now, when I say it like that, it does sound like a Facebook or Twitter, like, thing. This or that. <laughs> yeah, this or this. But the way that it goes out is so great. And you have Jughead. Jughead gets... This little little win where he goes like, okay, we'll do the interview, but I want to make my decision after the interview. Mm. And then they start at the beginning. I really wanted, the, I really wanted the devil to be like, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth, and then, <laughs> then you cut. That would have been great. That would have been so good. Right. Um, so we have a short shoot back to the uh, back to I was gonna say the prison no, back to Babylonian. the casino. Yeah. Nick St. Clair. <laughs> yep, Veronica He's... did invite Nick St. Clair. Nick St. Clair continues his, his theme of just coming back every couple of seasons to get clowned on. Absolutely. <laughs> but first, we go back on over to Jughead. There it was, the story of Lou's life and all the mysteries of the universe revealed. Yep. And Jughead instantly chooses option one. Yeah, he, people need yep. to know. Yeah, he's like, I, I'll tell everyone, and he'll get all the fame and glory that will come from it. Now... In my mind, I was like, which will be none, because he'll be a weird guy who says, I interviewed Satan, and which he will publish on a small town's online newspaper. Uh, That is run by a school. This is a (laughs) high school newspaper. Yeah, but because, I guess, the devil, it will actually get picked up when that happens. But first, we got to go check out Nick Sinclair, who is married and is a senator at the ripe old age of 25. I mean, I, his this dad's rich. His dad's rich. Now, Veronica takes him to a private room, and she offers him some champagne and some flirting to get the details of his bad it's deeds. So, it's it's so, so uncomfortable and so not how human beings speak. Yes, she's like, I want all the details. You tell me all. How is he not, a, how is he not already covered in, like, uh, not conspiracy theories, uh, tabloids. Yeah, because he, because she's like, I want all the details. Just tell me the details. He's like, okay, I haven't paid taxes. I drink and drive at least a, a couple times a week. I hit, did three hit and runs. I have so many harassment lawsuits. I've had so many affairs. Like, how, how is he not like a <laughs> a newspaper's favorite person by the fact that how quickly he gives up all of his scams? Oh, she barely even flirts with him. She kind of sits a little <laughs> bit near him, and I think her knee might brush against his. We are truly trapped in the dreams of a robot. And, and the scene gets even worse because, like, as, I, as before this and after this, they set up. The rule is that you have to sign a contract with the devil's pen, except for this scene where apparently Nick can just say all the bad things he did and, and says, then, I probably deserve to go to hell. No, then Veronica says, would you trade your soul to the devil to have se- essentially to have sex with yeah. me, to have this affair with me? And yeah. he goes, absolutely. But then he doesn't get to have an affair with her and just goes straight to hell. Well, he said he'd trade his soul to the devil. <laughs> the, nobody. I she says an affair. I think she just says for me. Yeah, maybe that's it. I, I will say, th- I don't like this scene because, like, it breaks the rule that we get everywhere else. Where apparently someone can just be like, sure, I'll sell my soul. And the devil's like, good, straight to hell. Yeah, because, you know, no one says that as a joke ever. Yeah, Nick yeah, Nick, and everyone else, with one exception, gets to, like, hang around for a while because the idea is that he'll come for his due later. Mm-hmm. Nick is sent straight to hell. Look, Kevin, Nick St. Clair, <laughs> this is his, his lot in life. Yeah. So now... Hey, yeah, we got, we did it. Now, Reggie has an additional thing to bring up. Uh, no, Lou. Oh, yeah, Lou does Lou reveals it, yeah. it. He's like, well, Reggie sold your soul. <laughs> oh, yeah, it wasn't Go Reg- talk to him. <laughs> so, 
I love once again. This is why I love this devil because because goes like, "Hey, how about I get you another soul in exchange for Reggie's soul?" And the devil's like, "Yeah, do it. <laughs> yeah, get me a soul. He's like, I'm here for that. He's not gonna tell her he doesn't have Reggie's He's the soul. Devil. He's the devil. <laughs> Bless him." Oh, curse him. Uh, um, so Betty goes to see TBK, and she's like, so you're not TP- TBK. Who are you? And he's like, I'm the devil. I'm shocked that was her first thought. I thought it was just TBK came there to trick her. Yeah. Like, I am TBK. I, I am, kidnap you again. I am confused <laughs> how he got into that room. Like, did, did he... The, did the devil make, like, fake FBI agents? Like, if I were Betty, I would expect to meet Glenn yeah. and be brought into that room by Glenn. It, it, this, this sets up a scene where Betty walked into the FBI office. TBK was just sitting there handcuffed, and she was like, time to begin the interrogation. <laughs> Great. There's no process here, but that's fine. I don't know what agents do. Betty is very bad at FBI. Now, to sort of prove that he is, in fact, uh, the devil, and that hell... Veronica says, so hell... It's not Veronica. Betty says, so hell's a real place? I'm like, Betty. Betty, you're God, talking to the devil. Gods of the woods, La Llorona. I, I, I guess at a certain point, you do have to cut off, like, nah, but hell, that's not real. But, Kevin, this is a town that believes in folklore. Uh, yeah. Except for Betty. <laughs> yeah, but this isn't folklore. This is religion. Uh, so she says, like, well, then fine. Let me speak to uh, my dad. And then he channels Hal Cooper, so... And apparently Hal... I mean, hell, hell. Apparently, hell is in hell. Hell is in hell, and hell hurts very badly. <laughs> hell hurts Hal very badly. <laughs> hell hurts Hal hellishly. Um, <laughs> Betty is like, shut up about your whining. I want you to prove to me that you're dad, so I'm going to ask you a question that the devil could definitely know the answer to. <laughs> well, well, what? No, what? It's not if the devil could know the answer <laughs> to it. It's if any. Aaron, she's not trying to figure out if this is if this is just. She's trying to figure out if it's the devil. If the devil knows it, then he's also still the devil. But Kevin, if it's not the devil, how is he talking in her dad's voice? Is TPK just a very good mimic? Yes, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we don't know anything about TPK, so maybe. Apparently, he also mimicked Glenn. Though I do want to say what actually... So, I mean, that was clearly Lou, right? Um, When she picks up the phone, the lights flicker. That's which is true. which is always what happens when Lou is around. The lights always flicker. So cool. Good work show. Uh, so Veronica does confront Reggie, and Reggie says something that I'm unclear if is a lie or not. Um, where he's like, "I tried to offer my soul, but he said my soul sucks." <laughs> and again, every line in this <laughs> scene is delivered by a man who has. It is as if he never acted before. Yeah. Um. So so instead, I offered your soul, and then I I snuck a contract to you because once again, as far as I knew, the rule was you had pen, to sign pen, and you have to sign a contract. But of course, Veronica doesn't read contracts. She's a bad business person. She's so bad at business, but she's good at kicking Reggie out. And this is the only reason I did it was because I'm sure you'd figure a way out. But, but he didn't tell her. He told her it was his soul, which makes me think, is he doing this on, like, is he trying to get rid of her? Because he wants to run the business alone? But it seems like in all the other episodes, he does really like her. Yeah, he does appear to actually love her, as he says. Yeah. But, like... And and if and if he I, is is doing it on purpose from what we saw the last two episodes, okay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> she's not great to you. She's not great. She to She might have killed your dad. She does not give him an office. She just gives him a desk in her office, and she puts the picture of her over his desk. Like we we know in the first episode, there's a whole thing where he doesn't get an office. She solved that by just being like, "You get the corner." Yeah, she literally put him in the corner with I'm, a picture of herself not, looking down over him. I'm not saying she deserves to go to hell for that uh, by someone else selling her soul. But she's not a good girlfriend. She's not, she's not a good person either. And she's not a good business owner. All right. Uh, so Lou appears to Veronica and he says, like, well, let's do the whole soul trade again. I love doing a soul trade. But this time, I want Alice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like... So is Alice, because once again, believing that this devil is very, very intelligent, I'm like, is Alice the real prize all along? I mean, a religious person that is so religious that she's corrupted. I'm like, that actually, 
that's again, that's a very cool devil story. Yeah, that is something that it seems like the devil would want. All right. Uh, so we have a quick weird scene. Yeah. And this part is not weird. Jughead gets a phone call from David Fenwick from Associated Press. But as he's answering phone calls, monologue Jughead pops in. <laughs> can't do it. Yeah. This is the part This is the part where I'm like, no, can't do it. Can't. We cannot do it. Second Jughead comes in. But in other scenes, first Jughead becomes second Jughead. But now, in this scene, second Jughead interrupts. Is that because this is second Jughead writing the story of first Jughead? What is... But what, what were the other ones then? Yeah, because what? <laughs> <laughs> what what is the storytelling conceit here? And why can't I get it out of my head? Um, but first, Jughead, which I guess now he will be referred <laughs> to as, um, he he gets a call from Sam, who asks the daunting question: "What are you writing next?" Oh, nothing. Which is funny because it puts him in the exact same state he was <laughs> in season five. You just now it has a magical reason for it, and not just writer's block. All right, so we get a quick um, we get a quick scene with a uh, tab and who I had write down was Mister Hubbard because I couldn't remember, remember his first, first name. name. Yeah, it's the it was the 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 poor man uh, who comes in for soup and's like, I'll wash some dishes, but Tab says, no, I'll just eat. And, and then a strange man with a deep voice who's eating pie, who's eating pie. Is like, well, hello. I see you have such kindness and compassion. What a nice person. I saw that in your f- grandfather as well. I love that man. Once again, I thought there would be a line of subtlety, and it feels like he, like this angel, is pretending to be subtle, but he also flickers the lights and then gives her holy water and says that a battle is coming he also explains that his boss is a big fan of nice people yeah and he's a his name is Raphael. so uh he's just an, an, he's he's an, just angel. an angel and he is moderately more subtle than <laughs> Lou. but i guess once the devil's walking around being like i'm the devil you, you don't have to be that sneaky. yeah you're just like by the way i'm an angel so let's you take this holy water Make sure there's later it's not holy water. It's the tears from the Virgin Mary who at the she, crucifixion. Yeah, when she shed the crucifixion, uh, which I guess like makes I it's guess a you can, very special holy water. Yeah, I guess you can get holy water from anywhere. She cried a lot. Well, you know, her son was being crucified. You'd probably cry a lot too. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, meanwhile, Alice goes to Veronica's office, and Veronica's scam is really good because Veronica's <laughs> a bad person. Veronica's scam is I will pay my taxes. Yeah. So essentially, Veronica's like, look, I want to donate a percentage of the uh, earnings of Babylon back to the town. town. So taxes. Yeah. But Alice, I want you to be my point person. I want you to be in charge of distributing. The, and that is a good way to get to Alice. Isn't the way that Al- – well, the way that Alice goes like, you want me in charge of it makes you feel like, is she going to misuse those funds? Look, we know that the town council misuses power. Why wouldn't they misuse funds? <laughs> Tony's, Tony's already gone. Tony's a ghost. I mean, my God, I, I, I would love if she shows up and means La Llorona. <laughs> She's like, it's still important for me to be here. I must, I must. must keep my responsibilities. <laughs> I can't look after my son, but I can look after this town. Tony, I don't like that our council's becoming a ghost council. <laughs> <laughs> a council of ghosts. So Alice goes to sign the contract, and she's like, "Ah, oh, Veronica, giving me power. I knew you weren't all bad. And I like how it takes the bare's minimum. Like, hey, Veronica, maybe you're not such a bad person for her to be like, nah, never mind. No, I can't sell your soul. <laughs> this will get, this one scene feels like a cheat once we know what happens with the rest of this episode. Because it's supposed to be like, oh, maybe Veronica is becoming a better person. Um, Spoiler alert. She's not. She's not. And then we have weird. Now she's made a powerful enemy. It will. (laughs) Sure. Okay, it's Alice. (laughs) Alice pretends she's a powerful. She stands up and is like, she says a scene. She says a line that is built for trailers. Mm -hmm. She goes, "If you thought I was a thorn in your side before, get ready for what's coming. What's coming is nothing. I mean, maybe next episode, but my guess is no. When have we ever had that song of a continuity between these? I know. All right. Uh. So the devil is asking Betty. Uh, he wants Betty's loyalty in the war between good and evil because yeah. it was foretold. And then he babbles a whole bunch about the whore of Babylon. Yeah. Because which, Betty is the whore of Babylon. Which, which, yeah. Which Betty says, you want me to be the whore of Babylon? And she's like, look, no. no I don't care about my dad being in hell. He was a serial killer, good sir. Yeah. Uh, however, the devil says, Polly's in hell too. 
And, and Betty says, Polly doesn't deserve to be there. And then he channels Polly, apparently. I want to, I want to clarify, Polly, um, Betty gets too overwhelmed. She actually never confirms Polly's identity. No, she doesn't. She just hears a woman's voice. Now, I, I understand that Betty has, like, Stockholm Syndrome about her own family. Yeah. But Polly, from what we've seen on screen, yeah. has only ever been a horrible, abusive sister to Betty. Yeah, but I mean, she is her sister. She, I know. Yeah, like like much more than Hal, Polly has not tried to actively kill her. Um, except for the part when she tried to trade her to the cult that was going to lobotomize her. I'm not sure. I'm uh, we're not a hundred percent sure Polly knew that was was going to happen. Also, that happened in Riverdale, not Rivervale. <laughs> everything. I at this point, I'm willing to assume everything that happened in Riverdale happened in Rivervale because Betty's an FBI agent. That's true. Um. I was more going on the fact that she never confirms her identity. I think the devil's tricking her. I think he just put a woman's voice saying Betty. Like, he doesn't pull yeah. up anything. Anyway, so, but this does make Betty very upset. And she does so many stabs. Oh, she, yeah, she stabs in the chest so many times. And she assumes that the face will be her face because, I guess, she's watched a lot of TV shows when she cuts off his mask. But uh, it's not her face. It's Glenn's face. It's Glenn, her boyfriend? Because at some <laughs> point after betty called glenn and was like hey tpk take him away and glenn was like tpk is not caught yeah then the devil called him as betty to make him run here so at some point he switched the bodies yeah but he does channel his own voice through glenn's body it's fine he's the devil he's the devil he does what Um, he wants (laughs) yeah and then the devil just leaves like he does some creepy stuff at her but then he's like I I guess you're not on my team yet. Or, like, I have corrupted you. You stabbed Glenn so many times. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. oh my Lou. All right. Uh, Veronica, in this big climax, uh, the she hears that the, the guys who they're going to skim me off the top four are here for their cut, and she gets an idea. She wants to thank them perso- personally. And she will sing her swan song. Okay, so she wants to deliver the 11 o'clock number, and she will sing for an hour straight, because she says it will end at the stroke of midnight. Yeah, so I guess she sings Lady Gaga. For an hour. One song. And only, she sings, so she sings Marry the Night by Lady Gaga with dancers with devil horns on their head, and they have a full dance number, and I refuse to believe they prepared for that. Because she just decided. Yeah. Uh, But she will sing that song for an hour, (laughs) and she'll have... As she, okay, I just want to jump into this. She says, I finished my number to wild applause. Like, you don't have to say that. I don't care that we, why do we have a scene where Veronica just, like, grandizes herself more? <laughs> so as she sings, other scenes are intercut. Jughead yeah. tries to take the deal back. Well, and the, I mean, no, he, does, he doesn't even try to take the deal back. He just immediately goes for another deal. Well, no, he wants to be able to write again. Yes, so, yes. He, so he's like, I'll, I'll actually give you my soul. Let me write again. Yeah. Um, also, Pop is back at the diner. Yeah. Lou arrived because Tabitha called him and was like, I accept your offer. I learned Pop's first name is Terrence. It sure is. <laughs> in the devil, devil's crossing off names in yeah. his book repeatedly. I think he only crosses off, I think, three names. Because one is T-Tate. And which one is it? I will, I, I, I'm assuming that's Terrence Tate. Even, I would. Yeah. Yeah. Even though he actually doesn't care about that. He wants the diner. And so... Um, Tabitha says, like, oh, yeah, I'll totally sign your contract and give you the diner. Yeah. But I should have – or what are you – and she signs it. She yeah. does sign it. Yeah, her and Terrence sign it. But then she's like, what are you going to do with it? And he's like, ha-ha, bulldoze it down, destroy the I, soul I mean, of the he town. Knew, they knew he yeah. was going to do that. It's not like, bulldoze go down. I don't know. He doesn't know that tomorrow. Like, okay, I'd like to have one last milkshake. I'll get one as well. <laughs> and this is, again, all intercut with Veronica still singing. Yeah. Uh <laughs> So they drank the milkshakes, and obviously she put the tears, or the holy water, the tears in it. And it makes um, him throw up blood. I thought it would, like, send, like it actually send him back to hell. Yeah. No, it just sort of, like, hurts him a bunch. Um, but, I mean, it's also pretty good. Uh, apparently, also, her and Pops consume the tears, which means they're protected and immune from the contract they just signed. And then they rub the... The tears on Pops, so yeah. it's also protected. It's consecrated ground. And they're like, yeah, get out of this town. The devil will not get out of this town. He will not. He he will actually recover from this very quickly and just sort of be like, fine, I guess. Veronica mm. is still singing. 
Um, yeah. Jughead is writing. He's down he for alternative. And he likes it. Oh, he likes it very much. Uh, Betty gets a call. From it, Glenn's assistant. Can we just go through the sequence, though? She goes like, I got a call from Adam, from Agent Robert. Hi, this is Agent Smith. And I got a call from Agent Roberts that Glenn <laughs> is in there. Like, why did Glenn get an agent name? Anyway, um, it's Glenn. Apparently, his wife, wife is, is looking, looking for, for him. him. His wife, Kevin. His wife. Were, what wife? When? What? Wait. Were they? Were him and Betty having an affair? I have. Uh, I have a theory about this. I think this is a drop storyline. I think in season five, originally, Betty's relationship with Glenn was supposed to be a secret affair relationship that would cause some form of drama, and then they dropped it, and then they forgot they dropped it. Because maybe they thought it would look make Betty look bad. But. <laughs> Anyway, this, this is insane. This is too much. And then Betty, who's just like sitting on a chair from a fire, has buried Glenn just in, underneath underneath the floorboards. I, I I think he also he might just be in the basement. What house is this? I think this is Alice's. He's also he's wrapped in a trash bag. Oh, the parallels. All right, so Veronica so, has finished her number to wild applause. And she visits Reggie, and he's like, hey, it's after midnight. I knew you'd do it. And Veronica's like, no, 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 no. I made a deal. A skimming deal. I, like, like, I knew you'd solve it, even though you were just singing for the last hour and did apparently nothing. And also, I didn't tell you. <laughs> if he had told her, she may, no, she would have come up with this plan. It's... I mean, she no, she could have traded Nick St. Nick St. Clair soul for her soul. Which is why wouldn't Reggie have told her? I think he, I that's that's he has to have been getting rid of her. Either he was getting rid of her, or he was so afraid of her that he's like, she'll get mad at me. She might yell. Oh no! Maybe the devil doesn't need her to be specific about who she's trading Nick St. Clair's soul for. Maybe that's how it works. Now, apparently, at some point, this this happens so much, and I dislike it where veronica's like i'm gonna do something i'm also gonna sing so you're not gonna see when i do something you're just gonna see when i sing and wouldn't it have been better if we had seen her being a wily businesswoman and presenting her business plan to the devil and getting him on board yeah and we still still could have had a fun twist here because the first twist is she brokered a better deal what she's going to do instead of just skimming money off for um the the people that yep, they're, they're the bribing. Government. She's also gonna skim a soul off each week. So Lou's gonna come once a week, and, and Veronica's gonna Veronica's doing the thing where she tricks someone by giving them a a pen and having them sign a random piece of I paper. Mean, she's obviously gonna let them win a lot of money, and then they're gonna have to sign a thing to get their winnings. And then I th- I think what is going to be she's, when someone loses a whole lot of money, mm. she's gonna because that's desperation. That's true. Yeah, she needs to, she needs someone who's not gonna look at what they're signing. So, um... Anyway, as Reggie says, you beat the devil. And I'm like, no, she didn't. No, she was... She She now works for the, the devil. devil. Like, she did not... This is... In no way is this beating the devil. This... As far as I know, this was the devil's plan all. He now has a constant font of souls. He could have been planning towards this all along because... Yeah, sure, he didn't get the diner, but he did get this. Um, but, uh... And that's... then she appears to forgive Reggie very, very quickly... And I believed it because this sure. show is bad. But turns out she they need the first soul. Now. So then at some point she had Reggie sign. Did she say like this morning or he, something? He signed for the liquor delivery, which one would assume would have been during the day at some point. And not at 11 p.m. at night, which means she already did this before she was like, I'm going to do my swan song. Well, when and she came up with a skimming plan. When she says she's doing her swan song, it is not 11 o'clock at that That's point. True. Yeah. She says, tell Kevin not to do the 11 o'clock number because I'll do it. Right. Um, I have to think that Reggie would be very careful about what pen he uses. Yeah, he knows what the devil's pen looks like. He already like. tricked Veronica with the devil's pen. So Does he get a different, different pen every week? So then, the devil's at the door. He's knock, knock, knocking. Yeah. And Veronica says, maybe the worse or worse line <laughs> in this episode. She has a lot of bad lines. Yeah. But she says, 
well, you're going to go meet him, right? You're going to be a man and go meet the devil. You're not going to let him drag you out of here like a little bitch, are you? And I'm like, Veronica! <laughs> why, are you t- why do you keep challenging men's masculinity? And why are you saying like a little bitch? Like, that's not something that a feminist, empowered woman says. <laughs> also... It's the devil. And you're implying that the worst thing that Reggie could be is to be like a woman. Come on. (laughs) Come on. Cheryl's already reclaimed that word. He's the head bitch in charge. Exactly. Okay, so now Reggie Reggie, and gets dragged off to hell. So now Uh, Reggie's not in the show either. Yep. Uh, I mean, it's been the theme now, one at once per episode. Uh, Jughead take some time to give this is what I, the Molly was talking about where yeah. like he's like for people like Veronica they live bet to bet and skim to skim um, and like sort of like, like it's not going to work forever but she's so I don't think we're supposed to be like good for her no but the problem is she's not any different from Will Ver- real Veronica and if yep. this was a main story like a main plot storyline I don't know yeah. a Riverdale storyline she would do the exact same things it, but we were supposed to cheer for her the problem is it doesn't feel like she got corrupted it doesn't, here's the thing it doesn't feel like anybody really got corrupted except for possibly Jughead because he had Jughead he had, did get corrupted he did he got that's why I said Jughead was the best storyline yeah. he got a taste of fame and it caused him to sell his soul Betty just got tricked into stabbing Glenn <laughs> yep uh, Kevin also kind of, but Kevin's was kind of just Jughead, but quicker and worse. And also Kevin didn't, like, Kevin didn't <laughs> lose anything. Jughead lost things. Jughead saw himself fall to the devil. I mean, yeah. Yeah, Kevin, well, we know that Kevin's very, very into getting manipulated. Look, here's the thing. I just want Kevin to have a story that a human would have. <laughs> oh. Uh, and then as Jughead sets, says... Uh, as it turns out, Rivervale will be the final battleground between good and evil. At which point I'm like, wait, is that where we're going? Maybe. Because I'm going to be honest. Once again, you started this this five-episode event with this town is willing to sacrifice a pure-hearted man. For prosperity. For, for prosperity, which sets up not the people. I mean, the people are evil, but also the town is corrupt. Yeah, you're not going to win the battle between good and evil. So Sorry. Ha- so, like, just all in all, having this episode be... Because when Jug is introducing the story of a devil comes to a small town, the idea is supposed to be the small town is pure, and the devil comes in to corrupt it and corrupt the pure-hearted people who are there. But this devil just went to an already dumb-corrupted <laughs> town and was like, ha-ha! Yeah, this... <laughs> He's like, devil's going to eat good tonight. The devil comes comes in and he's like, if you sacrifice a man to me. And they're like, we already did that. We did it to a goddess in the wood. Do you want one too? Do you want to meet her? Do you want, do you want to meet the devil? Her name is Cheryl. She wasn't in this episode. But uh, maybe you guys could go on a date. <laughs> I guess the devil. I guess Cheryl isn't the goddess of the woods. She who walks amongst she the amongst trees. She the, the goddess of the I guess woods. she needs to, go on, needs to go on a date with the devil. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she'll be fine with that. Yeah. A hell of a town. <laughs> hey, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. So this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where logic just wanted to follow its hopes and dreams, but down that path was a shiny pen to sign some paper with? <laughs> I hate that rule. I mean, I love that rule. I hate that it doesn't get followed, and it's so weird. And it would have been so easy for Veronica to trick Nick St. Clair into signing something. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that. I feel like if she had tricked him to sign something, it would be better than her being like, tell me all the bad things you do. No. Sorry, go ahead. Um, I'm not picking Veronica not signing <laughs> things, and I'm not even picking Veronica still singing. Still singing <laughs> between all of those scenes of the diner. Yeah. Why she was singing, I don't know. Um, no, I am picking. Okay, I don't know if this is like really fits a CW moment, but the fact that they kept showing us the Devil's List. <laughs> oh yeah, and it didn't it, have Veronica no, on it. Well, especially because yeah, that is true. But he also crosses off one name, crosses off the other name, and then we actually don't see Jughead's name get crossed crossed off, and no one else gets crossed off. Like, yeah, it, the continuity was like it feels like it should have been a thematic thing. Yeah. It also bugs me that he goes from the bottom to the top. <laughs> I know. Like, what is he doing? This dev. I mean, it, I'll, I'll I'll tell you what it gives me the feeling of. It gives me the feeling of um in 
Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, disorder, disorder. <laughs> where it's like, he's the devil. So stuff is opposite. He crosses off his list from the bottom, because that's where hell is. Ooh. And I'm like, sure, whatever. All right. Kevin, did you find a CW moment? I do. It is Veronica, but it's not what you think about Veronica. It's the thing that, unfortunately, might make you feel a little bit ashamed. Because it's when Veronica hears the name Lucifer, and she goes, Lucifer, Lucifer. And I, at that moment, thought, Veronica, you don't need to spell it out for us. Okay, to be fair, I figured it out way before that <laughs> it's scene. It's true, yes. I took my walk, like, before I saw the business card. Yeah. It's- so I hadn't heard Lou and Cypher in oh, the yeah, same sentence heard, yet. Yeah, you know, he said, Cypher, you can call me Lou. Yeah. I think it's because I wrote down his name as Lou Cypher on my... Oh, I didn't. <laughs> All right. Um, I just want to give it to that, because that is just... <laughs> I mean, like- that is for... Well, no, what it was is that, like, they were, they were like, okay, we're going to call him. We should call him Lou Cypher. Like, yeah, like, yeah. But what people don't get how clever we are. We should explain to them so they understand that we are clever. Let's give it to a clever character. Veronica's clever enough to figure out Lou Cypher. Well, and the fact that Jughead, like, Jughead should have commented on it, not in front of Lou Cypher. <laughs> I will say, yeah, I will say that if anyone, the one person I think could get re- get away with him most is Jughead, because he's weird and meta And sometimes. when he looks at the business card. Yeah, he can be like, Lou Cypher, that's a fake name, right? Yeah. If he's ever heard being like, I figured out that your name is Lucifer. What a funny joke you have. Like, thanks, Veronica. Well, thanks, Riverdale. Like, pointing out how pointing out how clever you are does not make you clever. When you explain jokes, it makes them funnier. Now, I do agree with that, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sometimes it is actually very funny. Yeah. Uh, man, when was it Mr. Cypher? I'm like, is this going to be a Mr. Robot? It's not. It's just the devil. It's also weird that they spelled Cypher with a Y instead of an I. That distracted me a lot. That's how you spell cipher. No, you also can spell cipher with an I. Like a cipher. That's not the way that I think of spelling cipher. I read a lot of books, like old-timey mystery fantasy books with ciphers. Well, I, I know what a cipher is, but yeah, I thought cipher is also... Um, it's just, an, oh, it's an alternative spelling for cipher. Yeah. Okay, so just two... I didn't, I, I didn't mean it was wrong, I just meant that it was weird to me. Uh, yeah. Which is funny, because to me, seeing it with an I is weird... Huh. Huh. Interesting. We're different people. I think it's because it's because I always co- I always compare cipher to cryptography. Mm. So I'm used to be there being a Y. So, in you expect, it. The so y. I expect the Y. Um interesting. I didn't know I realized I had two different spellings. Uh wow. What an episode. What an okay, it was the best one. It 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 was out of out of them, it probably was the best one. But it also has the strongest it's, it's the best failings one. are it's failings are huge because it is the best one separate from everything else. Yes. Like once once you start thinking about the other episodes this season, it falls apart way too hard. And I'm sorry. The Betty storyline also sucks. I don't care. And I usually don't critique the actors, and I'm doing it this time because I don't think it's their fault. Mm-hmm. But Casey Cott, Charles Melton, and the guy who plays Nick St. Clair had to deliver lines like no human would ever say and delivered them in a way that no human would ever say them, which is maybe brilliant, but probably not. It's also funny that the devil wants Betty to be like the leader of his forces when Veronica's so willing to do it. And Cheryl's right up the hill. Uh, no, nah, Cheryl's... No. no, Cheryl would need a lady devil. Well, the, the, well, yeah, the problem with Cheryl is that she already has like a god who she completely believes... Like, That's true. Is, it, like, I don't think the devil could cor- could corrupt her because she's like, I don't believe you have any power. She, I have the... <laughs> she who walks among the trees. She my, has all the power. She's my eldritch horror of choice. Um... <laughs> Is this going towards a battle between good and evil? They said it was, but that could but, be a lie. But each episode, like the first one ended with, oh, they sacrificed Archie. And then the second one ended with, oh, the ghost thing. But like the sacrifice of quite- Archie was true. <laughs> yeah. And it was still true in episode two. They, they are all true. The thing is, the, yeah. they are all true. But what is the point? The problem that I think I've said this before about Riverdale that I think bugs me, one, one of the things that bugs me the most about it is that it is a show that passively punishes you for thinking about it too much. It's true. Like, You're it, not supposed to pay attention to it. Like, I think if we were to watch this not with a, I mean, I, I think we said before, if we weren't doing a uh, podcast about it, we probably wouldn't be watching it. Also but I true. think I think people who are watching it not with a podcast where they have to, like, 
review and recap and think about it very deeply, enjoy it a lot more. And it's, I don't want that to come off as like, well, you aren't thinking about it. It's just, it is such like. It, it is enjoyable. It's beautiful. There is good acting. There's musical numbers, which yeah. I know some people hate. Like it's enjoyable. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm not a fan of a form of content where if you, if you engage with it, it falls apart. You should want to engage with your shows. You truly should. <laughs> but this does not engage. It's not reward us for that. Oh, man. So we're going to have another episode of this, and then it's going to be the wrap-up, maybe the battle between good and evil. And now, apparently Sabrina is coming next week. Yeah, episode, next, so. next episode Sabrina. Yeah. It's, That's good. We'll, let's, let's see where that goes. Uh but until then, Aaron. This is Mystery Outsiders and Abs. Please give us your ratings, reviews, and subscriptions on Apple Podcast or your podcaster of choice. And I know you have thoughts and feelings about this, so hit us up on the social media. It's Podcast Moa, Podcast MOA on Instagram, on Twitter, and at gmail.com. And you can check out my website. It's kevinweirdbooks.com. And you can find me at flimsyplan.com, where I am writing every day this month. Doing blog, miss. I'm doing it wrong. You'll be able to see what drink. It's been a long time, but you'll be able to see what drink Aaron's having. Yeah, if you missed that bit, it's back <laughs> over on the blog. All right, we'll see you all next week. Are we building to a battle between good and evil? Will the FBI search for Glenn? How will Nick St. Clair return to get clowned on again? Answers to all this and more on the next episode of Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? 